Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam, Renee, and Kenny. I am Renee, she is Tam, and he is Mr. Front Row Kenny. How you guys doing? What it do? I just want to let all our listeners know we love you. We love you so much that we're recording this episode twice. Yes, you heard that correctly. You won't hear the episode twice, but just know that we spent hours on this particular episode because after we recorded and had fun and laughed and was ready to give you guys some good listening pleasure for your week, we realized that there was an issue with the audio. Things happen. So we are here and we are re-recording and we're going to do our best to get this episode out to you. Well, you won't know, but I'm telling you, we are doing our best or we did our best to get this episode out to you. So Kenny, what it do? What's up with you? Yo, what's happening? How you guys doing? Man. Doing fantastic. We have so much to talk about. So this is actually going to be a repeat for us. You guys don't know, but we're going to repeat everything we already talked about. What did we talk about? Oh, well, we talked about our weekends. Not that we don't talk about our weekends every week, but Renee had a pretty eventful weekend. He was clubbing. Okay, you guys know that's nothing new. Renee's always clubbing, but (laughs) Renee was clubbing. But this time he clubbed on an island. Renee, tell us a little bit about it. I just went to Catalina Island on the drop of a dime. You know me, my life is just so sporadic. But uh, if you guys, uh, like Tam has always said, if you guys follow me on my uh, personal Instagram account at it's Renee Garcia, you'll see how kind of sporadic my day, my week, and my month, and my life is. But I had a wonderful time. I got back in enough time on Sunday to watch a little football. Unfortunately, my Cowboys lost, but no big deal. What was more importantly that uh, I was able to catch just a little bit of that race the, this past weekend, and uh, boy, was it a doozy. Renee's shortchanging us. He didn't tell us all about his weekend. What about going to see Dead Mouse and all that good stuff? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, so Friday I did go out and see Dead Mouse and <laughs> and uh, I stayed out kind of late and uh, I actually totally forgot that I actually was going to Catalina Island that I had bought my ticket like a couple of weeks beforehand. And then I ended up out at, um, uh, after watching Dead Mouse, which is nothing but, it's, it's an EDM DJ. So if uh, most of our listeners don't know, EDM, uh, the Dead Mouse is a, is the name of a DJ that plays EDM music. And, uh, I went to that Friday and, um, pro- probably working on maybe, maybe an hour of sleep and then riding out to Catalina to, uh, listen to some more DJs. So it was a little bit of a, a hectic, uh, 24, 48 hours, but nevertheless, I'm a trooper and I made it out. How about you guys? Okay. Well, I'll tell you guys a little bit about my weekend before Kenny jumped in. Kenny was actually at the Roval, so that's why I'm going to talk first. So then that way, Kenny can tell you all about his experience at the Roval, and then we can go into our top 10 from the Roval. My weekend was great. I went to a South African picnic on Saturday. I loved it. I had a great time. It wasn't a bunch of people there because it's actually cold in Los Angeles. So to have a picnic on a day when it was less than 70, just does not work in Los Angeles. And when I say less than 70, anything under 70 degrees, people in LA are not able to function because that is what we call cold. (laughs) And it was people from South Africa, various different 
I don't want to say nationalities because they're all South African, but different colors. I don't know if that's politically correct to say, but there were white people from South Africa, also black people from South Africa. They were all at this picnic. It was a wonderful, wonderful time. On Sunday, I went to go see my main man, Gary Clark Jr. If you do not know who Gary Clark Jr. is, Google him. I love this man. He is all rock and roll, all blues with a little bit of country and hip hop and everything else in between. I had a wonderful time. Gary Clark was at the Hollywood Bowl. I know most of you guys are like, what's the bowl? But the Hollywood Bowl is actually a famous venue in Hollywood. Technically, though, when you think about it, it really isn't in Hollywood. Okay, nobody would understand that except Renee, because what it is that that's yeah. actually <laughs> kind of like Studio City. I don't know. It's not Hollywood, but it's called the Hollywood Bowl, and it's an outdoor venue. And like I just told you, it's cold as hell in L.A., so we were freezing, but I had a great time. Gary is everything. When I say everything, if you like country music, well, I can't say that. If you like rock and roll and you like blues, like if you were a fan of B.B. King or Muddy Waters or any of those old school guys, you would thoroughly enjoy my man, Mr. Gary Clark Jr. That's what I did this weekend. I'm sure I did some other stuff. I forgot because I already told the story because like I said, we're giving you a second edition of the podcast. So it's actually kind of difficult to talk about things you already talked about. But nonetheless, Kenny, what say you? What happened at the Rovo? It's so funny because you mentioned the fact that you guys got colder weather out there and anything below 70 degrees is cold in Los Angeles. I promise you, I would trade that for the world after <laughs> being at the Roval all weekend. It, it was in the 90s every single day. Oh, I believe it. However, as hot as it was, it was a very enjoyable weekend. This is actually technically my first year anniversary at MRN, at least the first race they sent me to. So it's been a year over here, which has been pretty cool. Definitely learned a lot, experienced a ton and definitely grown a lot. But um, to start things off on Friday, we had your main man, Joseph Newgarden, come in and take his IndyCar around the road for a couple laps, which was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Just an FYI, in case you guys don't know, I've never seen an IndyCar in person. It was one of the coolest things I have ever seen from getting to see it from the top of the bridge in the infield to just look at being up close to the car. It was so cool. And again, I really do hope that this becomes an actual thing where we can actually get Indy cars on the Roval because I think they will race pretty well. Got a chance to um, hear from Joseph Newgarden right after he got out the car. And he had mentioned that he felt that this would be a really good spot for us to actually have an IndyCar race. He thinks that they can actually race pretty well there. So that was a pretty cool deal. And I definitely hope that we can actually have an IndyCar and NASCAR weekend combined. Because I think those things would be cool. It just brings together more race fans and just not not just having them divvied up, so to speak. So that was a real cool experience. I'm definitely very thankful to be around for that one. But um, other than that, the Xfinity race was, was decent on Saturday. Once again, another hot day. But... Good racing, especially towards the end between Chase Briscoe and Christopher Bell. They got into it at the end, and it was a, a really fun race. And, of course, main man A.J. Allmendinger took home a win finally, finally after being disqualified a few times this summer. Um, and then Sunday, we had a, a very, very hot and wild race between Chase Elliott running into the wall, 
and coming back to take home the victory to his amazing celebration that became one of the best gifs currently in sports, in my opinion. And Kyle Busch leaving the race in the end of the race at the red flag to that and just all around an exciting weekend. And I think for the second year in a row, the Roval has delivered once again. I wish more people were there for that one, honestly. But people stuck out that heat and it was a very fun race. We got much more to talk about, but I don't want to go too, too far really quick. Of course, I'm going to jump in and talk about my other main man. I, okay, how many main mans do I have on this podcast? I have <laughs> Tony Stewart. I have Clint Boyer. Who else is my main man? Joseph Newgard. You already got Joseph, of course. So that's three. <laughs> I just told you that Gary Clark Jr. is my main man. So that's four. I have a lot of main men in my life. <laughs> I am so upset that I missed the Roval this year. And I missed the Roval because I forgot I have already bought a ticket to go see my other main man, (laughs) Gary Clark Jr. So clearly I couldn't be in two places at one time. So I elected to go. Well, I elected to stay at home and go see Gary Clark Jr. as opposed to going to the Roval. And now I'm upset because it was one hell of a race. And of course, to see a IndyCar on the Charlotte Motor Speedway track, a NASCAR track would have been super cool. And not that it's specifically a NASCAR track, but you guys know what I'm saying. I'm just in disbelief, though, that it's Kenny's first time actually seeing an IndyCar in person. So we're going to have to fix that and put it on his bucket list to go to a IndyCar race next year. I'm not sure which one. Maybe we can get out to St. Pete's for the opener for the IndyCar race, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. We have a lot to talk about. We already talked about a lot of this, but we have a lot to talk about, including that Dango Bubba and Alex Bowman situation. But before we jump into that, let me remind you guys of the top 10 at the Roval at Charlotte Motor Speedway. As Kenny just reiterated, because you already know, Chase Elliott hit the wall and he came in first place. Alex Bowman, he had one crazy ride thinking about everything that he went through. You remember he was supposed to start on the front row next to his teammate, William Byron, who was on the pole, but he wrecked his car in final practice with 35 seconds left in practice and he had to go to a backup. So he started from the back of the field, but this guy throughout everything, his sickness, all the drama, well, he just put he put it to Bubba. I don't even know how to say it. He put it to Bubba, wrecked him. And this guy raced back as an Alex Bowman and came in second. Kevin Harvick, third. Clint Boyer, who was fighting for his playoff life, came in fourth. Brad Keselowski came in fifth. William Byron, who, like I just said, started from the pole. He managed a top 10 finish with a sixth place finish. Martin Truex Jr., seventh. Ryan Blaney, eighth. Jimmy Johnson, Still not a win, but a top 10, not bad at all, considering that the pressure is on for all the playoff drivers. He managed to jump in and mix it up with the top 10 because all the top 10 drivers, with the exception of Jimmy Johnson, are playoff contenders. Joy Logano came in 10th. Notables, Kyle Larson came in 13th. Eric Amarola, who was fighting for his playoff life, he didn't even crack the top 10 and he came in 14th. 
Denny Hamlin came in 19th. Kurt Busch, who is now officially eliminated from the playoffs along with Eric Amarola, came in 20th. Ryan Newman, who is now eliminated, he gave a good fight, but he lost it in those last couple of laps. He came in 32nd. Kyle Busch, and you're not expecting to hear Kyle Busch name in 37, but you know, you watched the race, or by now you heard about it, or maybe not because everybody was so busy talking about Bubba and Alex. Many people didn't really say much about how Kyle Busch threw in the towel. It was so hot, they were under caution. Kyle Busch got out the car and just said, forget it. So he came in 37th, and Eric Jones, it was done and over with for the young guy pretty early in the race. He came in 40th place. He was eliminated. Kurt was eliminated. Eric, as well as Ryan Newman. So I believe those are the four off the top of my head that were eliminated. Who is making it? Who is headed to the round of 12? Kyle Busch. Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, Keslowski, as in Brad Keslowski, Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman, Ryan Blaney, William Byron, and Boyer took the 12th spot. So those are your 12 playoff drivers that are fighting to head into the round of eight. Should we just jump right in? Or jump on the elephant in the room. Well, technically, it's not an elephant in the room, but you guys want to just jump in and talk about your boy Bubba and Bowman. We got to add our two cents considering the internet and everybody in NASCAR has something to say. What say y'all? What's up? I got one notable, actually, out of the finishing order on Sunday. So on Friday, Michael McDowell had abdominal pain. And he discovered that he actually passed a kidney stone. Oh, yeah. And came home in 12th. That's pretty damn good wow. someone doing that. Wow. So kudos to him. <laughs> That's his best finish since Daytona. So kudos to him. His best finish in Daytona or Charlotte? Daytona. Since it, Oh, okay. Daytona. I'm sorry. You yeah. said his best finish since Daytona. I, thought, I was like, what is he talking Maybe about? he should pass two kidney stones in it. <laughs> well, I will just tell you something. I think I passed a kidney stone. I'm not 100% sure. I went to the hospital. And and the more I think about it, I was like, did I actually pass a kidney stone? Because nobody collected the stone. And I don't want to get all technical and TMI, but they had to, what is it when they hook the thing up down there so you can go to the bathroom? Whatever. Yeah. They hook it up so in case that you do pass it, it'll catch it. Yeah. So, so now I think about it. I had that happen. Did they not catch it? All I know is that I was in severe pain and it is no joke. It is very painful. Yeah, it is no joke. So I'm just going to say that. I don't ever have to get a kidney stone again. And not to just put all my business out there, but my mother actually, she had went to the hospital and then they just got the kidney stone out. I don't know. But what I found in my research and just from talking to the doctor, I possibly had kidney stones due to too much protein. So for all those people that take protein shakes, be careful because something about the protein powder, and this is a fact, you can research it. Something about when you drink protein powder, somehow it crystallizes and formulates and does something in your body where it forms kidney stones. I work out, I was always having an extra scoop of protein in my green drink. And you know, I live in California. This is what we do. We have protein and green drinks every day. So and avocado toast, because I'm actually, 
when we finish recording this podcast, I'm thinking I may have me some avocado toast, but saying that to say, you know, it's a California thing. We eat like that. Not that we don't eat barbecue and all that good stuff, but we eat hush puppies. We're not in the South, but we eat that kind of stuff. But yeah. Okay. That was hashtag Tim Rent. I'm sure it'll be another one, but that was the one for now. Where are we at? Bubba and Bowman. What say you, Renee? Well, this whole thing is just like we had talked about once before. I think just talking from, uh, I guess, from our point of view is me, you, Kenny, Tam, we are a little bit different here, especially on this podcast, because we're all people of color. Two, you two from an African-American background. Me, I'm Hispanic. I'm from a Mexican background. So we kind of see this maybe a differently on a, on a level that other people may have differently saw it. And I know me, Kenny and, and yourself, uh, yesterday were talking about this, uh, uh, you know, off the record, off the podcast, but it amazed me how that from the very top, you know, Steve O'Donnell said that he was going to have a talk with Bubba about this classless move or whatever he specifically he said. Yeah, I think it was like not classy was the word. Or right. The that, that was not classy. Here's the thing, and this and this is just my take on it. You know, I don't think there was anything unclassy about what he did. I think what looked bad was that Alex Bowman was sitting on the pavement outside of his car because he was dehydrated. Now, like I said, from a comedian standpoint, I'm always looking for the funny in things, but that's just the, the ridiculous, crazy comedian mind that I have. Well, I was like, well, what was unclassy about it? Bowman needed fluids and Bubba gave it to him. So <laughs> it may not have been the the way Bowman wanted fluids, but all he did was throw water in his face. He didn't kick the guy. He didn't go out there and start punching the guy. He didn't go out there and just start wailing on the guy. He literally just said something to him, obviously about wrecking him, and threw water in his face. And then calmly walked away. No, no calmly than he walked up to him. I, I think he walked just as calmly as, away as he as he did. Uh, when he was approaching Alex, but this whole thing just blew out of proportion because of the fact that Alex Bowman was on the concrete. And like what we talked about yesterday, what I think what people were forgetting was that Bowman was the one who actually wrecked Bubba to begin with. And I think that's what's missing here. So this is nothing but a retaliation. This is nothing but a tit for tat, if you will, if that makes any sense. Would you agree with that, Kenny? I would say, yep. A part of it is let's just roll. Let's just roll all the way back to how this even started. So at the beginning of the race, obviously Bowman spun out, caused Bubba to go through the chicane. He had to take a pass through, so that started that. So he was already behind the curve on his day because of that happening, right? Then we get to the point where they're running with each other most of the day because Alex Bowman had more trouble. He had damage on his car as well, and it just really didn't seem like it was going to be a second place day like that he ended up getting right so bowman got tired of him right so he dumped now everyone is looking at the water looking at the water aspect right he threw water on a guy that's dehydrated it got on jeff gordon and got on the medical staff okay cool so we're just gonna skip past the part that he wrecked somebody intentionally not saying that it's that it's as possible as it used to be but i'm pretty sure you've got a better chance of being hurt in a race car than you do getting water splashed on you. I think there's things you could have done worse. Am I saying that I would have done the same exact thing to him in a situation like that? No, I wouldn't. I'm not necessarily condoning it, but I just think to go to the level of calling it classless 
when Donnie Allison and Kale Yarborough fought in whatever year that was in the 70s in Daytona, that's what got NASCAR on the map as it is. That's the one of the biggest things, let alone it's advertised constantly. We can go even go a little bit up in terms of the years, but we can go back and look at Richmond almost a decade ago with Ricky Rudd and Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick jumped over a damn car just to try and get to him. Matter of fact, his wife even ran after Jimmy Johnson in the hauler. And, and that's not classless. If we're going to take it that way, we need to keep it consistent on what is actually supposed to be classless and what isn't. But my other thing is, if we don't want everything to be so vanilla, let them do things of this nature. Let them be themselves. Let their emotion run out. Let it be that way. He didn't go punch him in the face. Now, if he went up and just socked him right with the right, okay, I can see why someone wants to say that's classless. I can totally understand that. But to throw water on somebody on the hottest day in Charlotte, just mind you, 96 degrees outside, I don't think that's the worst you could have done to somebody. So I just think that it's being obviously being blown out of proportion in terms of if if he does happen to get some type of, in quote, dis, uh, discipline for it. It just doesn't make much sense. If we're striving to have more entertainment, more things like this happen, you got to let them happen. You can't go to the limits. And say, oh, man, you know, I don't know about that one. Because right now, it just sounds like he's probably going to get a slap on the wrist, quote unquote, and then we're going to keep going. But it shouldn't even have got to that point. He doesn't even go for the hauler to that, in my opinion. I just think it's just something that happened. And guess what? They're going to they're, they're gonna continue to duke it out for the rest of the season. Or Alex Bowman is going to stick in that lane and be stuck and worried about someone flipping him off most of the time versus worrying about the actual championship itself. I think he should probably worry about that more than anything at this point, because he barely act his way into it. So I just don't think that we need to take it as it's just the worst move possible. I've seen way worse done in the past. So this just isn't that bad. You guys already know how I feel about this topic. I, yesterday when we did the podcast, I was having a hard time articulating my thoughts. A lot of it was because I'm just tired of talking about it. I don't want to be politically correct, but I don't want to just be downright nasty with sharing how I feel. I did tweet my feelings. You can find my thoughts on the, actually on the All Turns No Breaks Twitter account, which is at Turns No Breaks. That's our user on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can also find my thoughts as well as my clap back because I had to clap back at somebody who pretty much told me that I was bringing race into this. And here's the reality is that I don't pull the race card. I don't have to pull the race card. I actually almost said something, but I wasn't even going to go there. But look, I don't have to pull the race card. The reality is, is that a lot of NASCAR fans pulled the race card for me because you can see the difference in how this is actually being treated versus the reality of what it was. It was two drivers that had drama. That's been going on since the beginning of NASCAR. However, it's a big thing, Steve O'Donnell saying, oh, basically it's not cool because Alex was getting medical attention, blah, blah, blah. I am not a Bubba Wallace apologist. I don't automatically take his side because he's black and I'm black. I'm not like that. I've shared some thoughts about Bubba on and off the podcast. But in this particular situation, I think it's being blown out of proportion. One, I don't even think Bubba paid attention that it was medical staff helping Alex. I think he got out his car and he was hot and sweaty and delirious, just like all 40 drivers that drove that day. Let's not forget that. Everybody was probably out of their mind. 
except Kyle Bush, because only Kyle Bush was like, look, I'm not going to be dealing with this. He just got out the car and said, flip this. <laughs> yeah. But if you look at Ryan Newman, he was spent. Everybody was tired, red, sweaty, and delirious. And I think Bubba got out and was like this MF, and he went up to him and not even really surveying the scene. I'm sure Alex wasn't the only one that was sitting on the ground with water. He probably didn't even survey the scene. But saying that, say I'm not going to make excuses for Bubba, because if he did see him, you know, he may have saw that it was medical attention. All that I'm saying is that this has been going on in NASCAR since the beginning of time. Drivers get into it. And it's such a big thing. And some of the comments, there were some people who just downright used the N-word and let it all hang out. And I'm not mad at those people. I'm not a person that is upset when people use the N-word because I feel sorry. I don't actually, I won't even say I feel sorry. I don't give those people much energy because it's usually from a place of ignorance. So if you use the N-word, I'm calling you ignorant. And I'm just going to say that. And I'm going to be straight up about that. But here's the thing. Things happen when people are upset and it happened with Bubba being upset. And to everybody else's point, let's go back and see how we got to this point. Kyle Petty said it best. You can't go around wrecking everybody that flip you off. Alex wrecked Bubba because he flipped him off. So that's how we got to this point. Let me just say this. If I'm in a fight with anybody, and this may not be a, the best analogy, but I'm going to say it. If I'm in a fight with anybody, if I draw blood, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to go all in and then whoop that ass some more. And that's real talk because that's what you do. You fight to the end. Again, I'm not making excuses for Bubba. I just think it's comical that people have so many undertones in their comments that can be perceived as racist. And I won't even say racist. I'll just say it can be perceived as that if they're holding Bubba to a different standard. And as I tweeted, I felt somewhat empathetic for Bubba because he is the only African-American driver and he's dealing with a tremendous amount of BS every day. Every day. I mean, the, some of the comments that I saw, and they were just straight out just wrong and nasty. I am never in a place to judge anybody's feelings, concerns, comments. I don't tell people how to feel and I do not tell people how to think because I don't want you telling me S-H-I-T. Don't tell me how to feel and how to think and how to analyze something. So that's not what I'm here yeah. to do. But there is a thing called respect and there is a thing where, hey, I don't know what Bubba was thinking. All I know is that... It isn't that serious. That's all I'm going to say. It would be one thing if he kicked him in the face while he was down. Taking out the medical people being there. If Bubba would have walked up to him and kicked him while he was sitting down, then, yeah, no, that's not a fair fight. But then what is a fair fight? Was it fair that Alex dumped him because he flipped him? Like, okay, this, is, this conversation has been beat in the head. I'm just going to read a couple of comments. Or maybe I shouldn't because at this point, Yesterday, we read some of the comments when we did the podcast the first time out. We read some of the comments from the NASCAR Reddit board. Actually, some of them were funny. I wish I had some of those comments up because there was one that I'm just paraphrasing, but somebody on the NASCAR Reddit board said that NASCAR and Steve O'Donnell should actually thank Bubba for bringing some attention to the sport. And I'm just paraphrasing. <laughs> I thought that one was hilarious. I will just say we asked a question on Twitter. We said the feud between Bubba Wallace and Alex Bowman is a hot topic. 
What are your thoughts on the feud between the two? Comment below. Hashtag NASCAR talk. We also made it a poll. 37% said they were team Bubba. 63% said they were team Alex. That's an interesting statistic considering that you would think that it would probably be 90% team Alex. But it's only 63% team Alex. And people who chimed in, Graydon Bunn, who is a supporter of the show. Thank you, Graydon. He chimed in and said, might have been a tag classless considering Bowman was getting medical attention, but people get way too butthurt over this stuff. Let's just hand out participation medals and popsicles. I thought fans wanted grit and rivalries. Hashtag NASCAR talk. Let's see. Larry Lee, and thank you for supporting us. His user is at LBLee58. I feel like he changed his number. It used to be something else, but he chimed in and said, neither. Personally, I think Bubba should have surveyed the situation before he did what he did. Had he only poured water on Alex, no one would care. When he also affected the medical care worker, he went over the line. I don't know if that was a joke or what, because I'm like, did he really affect the medical worker, I don't know. Okay, one more comment at random. Mick Rose, who's also a supporter of this show, and I'm just picking these people at random. It just so happened these are the people that I picked. His user is GoDucks42 underscore Mick. He chimed in and said, if Bowman's medical condition was so dire, should he have still been racing two minutes earlier? Some say Bubba should have just said what he thought of Bowman and not throwing his water. I'm on Bowman should have expressed his displeasure with Bubba instead of wrecking him. Okay. As you can see, I don't feel like either of the comments that I just chose at random were for or against either one, because there are so many different levels and so many different points that you can view this. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to fault either one because like I said, I'm indifferent. I don't really have an opinion one way or the other. I just don't like the undertones in the comments that are being made towards Bubba after the fact. I look at it that these were two drivers who got into it and it was what it was. Nobody said anything when Daniel Suarez grabbed Michael McDonald's leg in midair and slammed him to the ground. You know why? Because Michael, it was what it was. I mean, this is just NASCAR. This is what happens. Did, were they called to the hauler for that? No, they didn't get anything. They didn't get fined or anything. Neither did Boyer yeah. and Newman earlier this year. Nothing. So Okay. Like I said before, just keep it consistent. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. And speaking of simple, I'm not sure if it was simple. No fists were thrown. No water was thrown. But Newman got into it with Suarez. And nobody seems to know what it was really about because it didn't get that much coverage. And everybody was too busy tending to the Bubba and Alex situation as well as congratulating Chase Elliott for his. Man, that was one hell of a win when you think about it. To hit the wall and to come back and win. The burnout was great. (laughs) I mean, let me just take a moment to congratulate Chase Elliott because even his celebration was drama filled. Because think about how he was standing on his door with his hands in the air and the car started rolling and he jumped off and the car rolled away without him and hit the wall again. <laughs> <laughs> so technically he hit the wall like three times. <laughs> yeah, so that was a great celebration. But yeah, just the Newman and Suarez thing, nobody talked about it. Nobody seems to know much about it other than the video that surfaced with them in each other's face because 
It was what it was, but nobody knows what it was. Yeah. Okay, so that's enough about that. I do want to jump right back into our fan, our, our NASCAR talk on the Twitter that we had on Monday. Just going to give you a little bit. I won't even give you the comments. I'll just kind of read off some of the polls that we asked. And voting is still open on this. So once you guys listen to this podcast, I think voting may be closed. But if it's still open, or if you want to see if it's still open, take the jump over to our Twitter account. Again, just a reminder, it's turns, no breaks, and you can check it out. We asked the question, the Rover was successful in its first two years. Should other tracks think about using their Rover configurations? Why or why not? Thoughts? Hashtag NASCAR talk. 36% said, hell yeah. 58% said no, one Rover is enough, and 6% said too many changes already. Boy, we had a lot of people chime in, and I'm just going to pick some at random. I want to believe NASCAR, his user is IWTB NASCAR, as in I want to believe NASCAR. He says no, the layoff is fine, even though there are only two passing zones. NASCAR just needs to do a better job with throwing local yellow rather than full course caution. That was a big topic about the cautions. A lot of people are upset because they felt that NASCAR wasn't consistent. Jack Green, his user is Jack G D Port. He chimed in and said, why not? Tracks with two dates that have infield road courses could do one apiece. Daytona road course needs to be next. Ooh, that's interesting. If we did a a Roval at Daytona. What say you guys? Should we just have one one Roval of the year or should another track that has two dates adapt to a Roval? Actually, let me backtrack. I don't want to see a Roval at Daytona because I like super speedway racing, but that was just my own opinion. <laughs> what say you guys? I was going to say, Tim, I thought you, you that was kind of interesting that you said that because I know you like super speedways, but I was just like, okay, she wants to see a Roval at Daytona. I was like, okay. <laughs> Which would be interesting, but uh, I don't know. I kind of, because of the way this is played out, I don't know if adding an extra roval would kind of undermine what we have right now. I, 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 what do you think? Can you, you think one is just, just enough, or do you think maybe another one actually might? I'm kind of in, uh, sitting on the fence on this one, uh, Kenny. I'm not even sure exactly like how I feel about that. I think um, if we're going to add something, I would probably add another natural road course, like a Road America road atlanta just two examples i think those two would fit better than trying to make another roval because i think that's obviously what makes it unique because there's only one of it it's just like a truck series with dirt at eldora it's one of it yeah. i don't think we need to you know overdo it i guess we can leave it at that and move on one last thing to talk about and this is not even a great segue i think yesterday when we did the podcast i was a little bit more smoother when i talked about it i brought it up but should we discuss Indy and a NASCAR doubleheader? And Jimmy Johnson has aspirations to do IndyCar. So saying that to say, we're going to go back into some IndyCar talk. And before we jump into IndyCar talk, I saw where Adam Stern had posted that for the most part, NBC Sports said that the IndyCar series on NBC exceeded their goals in ad sales. And they had a lot of subscriptions. So that's actually great to hear because if you guys remember, the IndyCar viewership was actually up 9% from last year. 
And 9% may not be a lot, but I feel like it is considering that we're living in a millennial era where these kids don't even like to drive, let alone watch fast cars. So that's actually good for IndyCar. But for NASCAR, NASCAR ratings were actually down for the Roval. The Roval was down a little bit from last year. I don't know if that's a good sign. And Kenny, you were there. It wasn't, the stands weren't, like it wasn't sold out, which was mind boggling to me. Yeah, it wasn't as big as a crowd, at least in the stands, as it was last year. I would say probably a, a big combination between people that were up there in the grandstands and the people in the infield. I think that's, the infield was the bulk of people besides the ones in the crowd. It's weird, but that hot, that hot ass weather definitely, uh, I think, surely made a difference. <laughs> yeah. A IndyCar NASCAR doubleheader. What do you guys think about it? Oh, man, that I think that would be fantastic. Damn, I'm sure you probably feel the same way, man. That would be really nice. I don't know if it'll ever happen, if the networks and NASCAR could find a way to, to make that happen. Uh, I would totally be on board for that, 100%. Kenny, you on board with it? Yeah, no, totally here for it. I think you put two sets of fans together. You got open wheel stock car fans. You merge them together in one weekend. Gives you a chance to see a little bit of both, especially if one person doesn't like IndyCar, one person doesn't like NASCAR. Give them a chance to see both things at the same time. I think it would be good. And I think it'll just help moving forward just in general with racing itself because racing is a niche and everyone needs everyone more than anything in this day and age, if I'm being quite honest. True that. Before we jump into our predictions for Dofer, Jimmy Johnson. There have been some talks with Jimmy thinking about or realizing his IndyCar dreams. But I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the article that I read said that he thinks that the 500, as in the Indy 500, it may be too late for that, but he's considering some other races. Why open wheel? Like, not for nothing. I mean, I I get the allure of it, but Jimmy seems to have a fix for open wheel. The fact that he did the... Formula One car exchange last year at the end of last season. Now he's got this itch for IndyCar. Jimmy don't crack me as somebody who would pursue open wheel. But then again, I don't think I like Jimmy without his mustache either. So I don't know. Because <laughs> he hasn't, he's been <laughs> like clean shaven. He's a whole different person, different look without his mustache. But Kenny, any thoughts on Jimmy and IndyCar or? Nobody cares. I don't know. What do you guys think? No, I'm sure people care. And I'm sure people have talked about it several times. I just think that obviously like what he said, it's not going to be easy for someone to prep themselves for the Indy 500. It's a hard thing to do as it is just to make the show. Just thinking back to Alonzo, who got bumped up by the Junko entry this year in the Indy 500 during bump day. It's not the easiest thing to do. I think maybe he could do a one-off like a St. Petersburg, a, a Long Beach, a Maybe WeatherTech Laguna Sega, maybe somewhere like that. That could be very well a possibility for him, but it'll be interesting to see what he does. So I think it's cool that drivers still want to do that because not many have done it in recent years. So I think it will be a pretty neat thing for that to happen. Renee, what driver, aside from Jimmy, what driver can you see racing in NASCAR as well as IndyCar? Oh, boy. A current one. Yeah, a current one. Right right now, right? Yeah. You know, if I had to take a, a shot at that whole entire list, God, man, man, a part of me wants to say just because Kyle's just crazy like that, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's brother Kurt Busch, I think, probably. 
But what yeah, happened yeah, with because that? I remember he did. So I would say probably just Kurt Busch. Yeah, I think his time has come too. If I had to pick a younger driver, I think I would go with. I don't. I feel like to be honest, crazy Daniel Suarez is crazy enough to do it. And of course, everybody <laughs> says Larson because he's a true racer. I would actually like to see Blaney because I said this before. I used to say it all the time last year. Blaney has an F1 swag to him. I, I can see him in Formula One. But if I had to pick a driver, maybe Daniel. I, I don't think I don't want to say I don't think Daniel's capable of it, but he would be the one that I would like to see make the crossover. But Larson would be more of the logical choice. But those are just my thoughts. Kenny, really quick, any thoughts? If anything, I think maybe maybe Kurt Busch does it again like he did it in 2014. So I think if there's anybody that would do it again after he's done either in Cup or wants to, you know, pursue that, I think Kurt Busch, if we're talking young guys, I'd probably say Kyle Larson because he's acting nasty a handful of times to do so. But I just don't think he'll let him because of um, obviously the safety of a young driver. I don't think you want to take that risk. So those are the two people I think that would you know be possible to do something like that. Yeah, I actually asked Brad Kozlowski this question. And the interview is coming. If you guys are waiting for it, I will let you know. it. It'll definitely be up by the next podcast. And I'll share the link and stuff on Twitter. I won't give away what Brad said. You guys have to wait to find out. It is time for some predictions. I want to see how long I can hold my voice, but that stopped right there. <laughs> it's time for Tam and Renee's race predictions. Okay, Renee, who you got? <laughs> we at Dover this weekend, and these are my predictions straight to the point because this is how I like to go with my predictions. I like to go off vibes. I am going to stick with my guy. I'm I've stuck with him all year, and I'm going to continue to stick with him. I'm going to go with my main guy, Mr. Denny Hamlin. I'm going to go with the number 11 of winning at Dover this weekend. And if I have to take a alternative pick, I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick. I think Kevin Harvick is um, uh, just about due for uh, a win himself. But uh, look for Denny Hamlin to be the winner and uh, look for Kevin Harvick to uh, be my alternative pick. Those are my picks. I'm sticking with them. How about you, Kenny? All right, so heading back to Dover, Monster Mile. I think for me, I am going to go with Martin Truex Jr. as my main pick. He won in the spring, and I think he is due for another sweep once again. And my alternative pick will be Chase Elliott, who was your 2017 winner in the fall. So that's my pick. I don't know about you. What you got, Tim? I gave my picks on the first podcast that you guys won't ever hear. I'm going to give them again. And when I picked my picks for that podcast that was a tongue twister I kept it real simple so simple I forgot who I picked (laughs) but I know who I'm gonna pick today I'm gonna pick Denny Hamlin and I'm gonna pick Kyle Busch I'm gonna go with Denny Hamlin as my alternative and Kyle Busch as my winner to win so those are my picks all right well those are our picks what say you all turns no breaks fans hit us up let us know who your picks will be at Dover this weekend. Hit us up across the board at Turns No Breaks. That's at Turns No Breaks across the board on social media. Hit us up. Let us know. Please listen to our podcast over and over and over again and continue to support us and actually subscribe to us and leave us a comment as well. We really do appreciate your comments and we always love to keep in contact with you even though it's on social media. For Tam, myself, and for my man Kenny, we will see you again on another episode of All Turns No Breaks right here next week. Bubba. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee.